Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following program has been pre-recorded. What does the future hold for St. Louis and how do we get there? This is Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome in, welcome in. We've got another week of innovation conversation on KMOX. What's now, what's next in the St. Louis Metro? Michael with... With Travis, and uh, we have a full show today. Uh, this has been a this is a great time of year because Arch Grants has named its uh, its next class. So the, toward the back end of the show, we're going to talk to two different Arch Grants recipients. But we're going to kick it off. Speaking of now and next, what is the next cortex? But maybe for the nonprofit sector. Yeah, this is another example of St. Louis zeroing in, getting really specific and helping a specific industry. Uh, in this case, as you mentioned, Travis, the not-for-profit community organizations, uh, giving them a place and giving them resources, funding, all that kind of good stuff in a building which has a place in St. Louis history, the old St. Luke's Hospital that's been vacant for a while, but now it's got activity back in it. And speaking of activity, Arch Grants is generating a lot of activity in the region. We're going to talk to both Zenhammer and Gabba, the founders and CEOs of both of those companies, to hear about their move from outside the region to the St. Louis region. From Tennessee and from Georgia, they're coming to St. Louis, the next generation of startups. You know, we talk about how the biggest companies that we have now, from Enterprise to Anheuser-Busch, began as microbreweries and startups, and 35 of the newest Startup companies have just uh, moved to St. Louis, and we're going through spotlighting them, and we have two more coming up. So it's a full show. Stick around. We're going to jump in with Delmar Devine right after this on KMOX. Now back to Nothing Impossible on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All right. Welcome back into Nothing Impossible. Travis Sheridan and Michael Calhoun. And yeah, we've talked about T-Rex. We've talked about geospatial. We've talked a lot about Cortex. We don't talk enough about Delmar Devine, uh, the new nonprofit slash social good innovation district that's taking shape and opening its doors. We are joined right now with the executive director of Del Mar Divine, Jorge Rio Pedre. Jorge, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me on, Michael. So tell us a little bit of, tell us a little bit about Del Mar Divine for our listeners that may not be, you know, well aware of what's going on over there. Sure. Well, you know, our founder, Maxine Clark, kind of shorthands it as Scott Cortex for nonprofits. We have renovated the former St. Luke's Hospital on Del Mar Boulevard, about a mile west of Kings Highway. That opened in 1904. And we're going to house over 30 nonprofits there who are going to receive a variety of support services, uh, as well as, as have access to 18,000 square feet of conference space. 
And then additionally, we're going to have a handful of retail organizations and an apartment building, uh, as well as a multi-purpose room that community groups that work north of Del Mar Boulevard will be able to use free of charge uh, and from which we will run programs to address community identified needs. So, you know, a, a big project. How did the need for this get identified in the first place and then had to be a big lift to get it to fruition? How, how did this come together? Uh, so, yeah, a very, very big lift. Um, you know, back in 2015, Maxine uh, started thinking about this, especially when she saw the sign go up in front of the former St. Luke's Hospital building saying that it was for sale. And at the time, she was really contemplating about how uh, the nonprofit sector, uh, really nationally, but talking regional here, is, is segmented, it's fragmented. Um, wouldn't it be wonderful if something could be done like Cortex to bring together uh, high-performing nonprofit organizations in a way that they could be supported so they could do more and be better, uh, and accelerating them, if you will, um, and, and trying to break through some of that fragmentation, while also trying to really bring investment uh, and, and innovation into uh, communities north of Del Mar Boulevard. And that was kind of the brainchild that Maxine had. Uh, and as the more she explored it, the more she thought that the idea had legs. Um, and, you know, six years later here now, we're December 1st, it'll become a reality. Well, and I should say for full disclosure, uh, I am a proud board member of Del Mar Divine. So, you know, I'm, I'm always excited about talking to Jorge about this project and sharing this project with the broader community. But Jorge, you said the doors are opening soon. Uh, what is it? When do tenants start moving in and who are some of the tenants that have selected Del Mar Divine to grow their nonprofits? So we already have two tenants in that came in in August. Uh, most of the other 30, uh, 32 at this moment tenants uh, will move in on uh, the month of December. December 1st is the date that they can start moving in. Uh, we have uh, tenants as large as BJC uh, and Behavioral Health Response and as small as the Sophia Project and Mound City Bar Foundation. Also across a variety of, of sectors, healthcare, education, uh, social service, mental health. So we, I think we have a, a, a nice Con uh, conglomeration of different sizes and sectors uh, represented in the building. Are these more for services for the general public to come in, or is this more for offices, for not-for-profits and other organizations to do their internal work? Are there options available to, that run the spectrum? Yeah, there, are, there will be a degree of actual service provision on, uh, in the building. Many of the nonprofits will have their, their administrative offices there. But there are some that will actually be offering direct service for, uh, in, in the building. And I should say, like, for example, I'll add on that BJC is going to have a career center uh, in the building uh, so that you know, people who are, are looking to try and get uh, jobs across that, that organization do not have to go, for example, to some place as large and unwieldy as, as the CAM campus, but rather can come to our building uh, and right there learn about jobs, uh, interview for jobs, and train for jobs. And how important is, oh, first of all, I want to ask this question. Tell us about the name itself, Del Mar Divine. Sure. So again, this goes back to our founder, Maxine Clark. Um, you know, I think we have all heard the term Del Mar Divide, uh, which has you know, been made infamous uh, here. Uh, and, and this idea that, uh, that we continue to have this divide where to the north, it is mostly African-American and poor. To the, white, to the right, it is mostly white and affluent. Um, to the detriment of all of us, I, I would argue, and I'm certain Maxine would argue. Uh, and so what, what could we do to bridge that divide? And so Maxine thought, well, you know, we can, 
we can make it the Delmar Divine. And, and the in, and especially chose in because the, the I-N in, uh, in divine stands for innovation, investment, and inclusion. So this is her idea of creating a community of, of, of nonprofits and retail and actually housing that would really bring uh, people together and, and really bridge that infamous divide. And Jorge, we have seen uh, continued development up and down Del Mar. We think about uh, what Jim McKelvey and his team have been doing either through uh, Third Degree Glass or STL Made. We even see that Launch Code is redoing their headquarters there right on Del Mar on the north side of the road. How exciting is it to see uh, that that type of development happening up and down Del Mar? It's extremely exciting. I mean, we, uh, we feel like we're in the vanguard of, of a group of people and organizations that are, are finally being serious about bringing investment uh, uh, and development into North St. Louis. Uh, and, and to the extent that, that this continues to happen, uh, not only does that help North St. Louis, but it helps the entire region. You know, the report that Greater St. Louis put out not too long ago talked about how, how much damage uh, is done to the, the entire region's economic uh, outlook because we have an entire section of the city that is to a certain extent left to rot. Um, and so the more that uh, Jim and, and, and us and all these other folks that are now really starting uh, to take development in North St. Louis seriously, I think it will be something that is not only good for that immediate area, but for the St. Louis region as a whole. As we think about buildings in St. Louis, so many of them are historic, beautiful, significant, but what do we do with them? And so can you talk a little bit about the, the legacy of the buildings, St. Luke's Hospital, Connect Care most recently, um, and, and what it means to take over a building like this and bring it back to life as opposed to knocking it down and building something new there? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it was, it was a derelict building ever since Connect Care left. And, and I think, you know, Maxine could have gone and built this somewhere else. Uh, I'm sure it would have been cheaper uh, to build it somewhere else. But the idea that this that this was a hospital that opened in 1904 at the time of the World's Fair, that it was a place of healing, uh, that it was a, a, a beacon in, in the area, and to now repurpose that and, and bring it back to life so that, metaphorically speaking, it is a place of healing again. Um, that meant a lot to Maxine, and, and I think it speaks to uh, you know, the meta of the project uh, of taking this place that that healed so many people and where people worked and where people were born uh, that now we it is it is brought back to life in a way that uh, will do honor to its legacy. Well, Jorge, I can't help but, you know, some of the connections that that you were making earlier about this being a, a cortex for the nonprofit community. If I if I look around the cortex complex, you have uh, large corporates like Microsoft and Accenture that have a presence in Cortex, and then you have space for early stage uh, tech uh, startups. And mentioning having, you know, you mentioned having BJC. That's definitely not uh, a startup. It's not an early stage nonprofit. But talk a little bit about the importance of having that mix, and how will these fledgling newer nonprofits be able to benefit from being around some of those larger, more established ones? Well, you know, I think uh, I think this is true about around anything uh, it, that how do you get better? You get better by being in the proximity to people who have more experience than you, who perhaps have more knowledge than you. If, if you're if you're only around people at your same level or below, you, you really don't improve. Uh, so I think that the opportunity for the smaller and, and, uh, and uh, 
uh, nonprofits with less track records, let's say, to be around a BJC, to be around a Washington University, an, uh, a, a, uh, uh, an education equity that, you know, I think is going to really be beneficial to them. And as well, we're going to be providing a lot of support services. So uh, we're going to we have a partnership with Washington University that a lot of the capacity building programming uh, that is uh, provided at the Brown School is going to be provided free of charge uh, to uh, to our tenants here. We're also going to have a, uh, a concierge service. So this is going to be a team of three people who uh, they uh, they will curate and distribute uh, relevant information to the tenants, uh, provide referral and informal consulting to them. So really give them bandwidth that they uh, that they otherwise might not have. And again, try to create um, and curate opportunities to collaborate amongst themselves and, again, drawing on the knowledge and expertise of the larger uh, nonprofits, the more established nonprofits that are in the building. I'm very excited about we, we just had our first meeting with most of the tenants in person uh, this past Monday at a, at a place called Filament. And uh, the energy that was there in that room as the tenants, you know, really start to buy into this thing that it's not just an office building. It's not just a place where they will be housed, but it is a place where we are truly going to build community, where we are helping each other. Um, I think they are extremely excited about this, and so am I. Filament sounds familiar, Travis. I think people can search back to a previous Nothing Impossible, Matt Homan, to learn more about that space. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's like everything, is, everything in St. Louis is connected, and it, it is this you know, network of capacity uh, where different groups can leverage different parts of talent and and grow together. Well, when we hear that with these innovation districts, as you mentioned, we've got, you know, when you get an ARCH grant, you also get some mentorship. When you're in Cortex or T-Rex, there are funders who are in there too. Jorge, are there uh, any foundations or any of the funders, the grant writers? Um, you know, you mentioned uh, some of the, the mentorship, some of the advice, the consulting that might come with being inside Del Mar Divine. But uh, tell us more about that spectrum of the life cycle, what not-for-profits need. Yeah, again, you know, I mean, you know, nonprofits uh, are continually being asked to do more with less. Uh, and so we're, we're real. That's why I think the partnership with Washington University here is so important, because, uh, you know, right now, the very first program we launched uh, was about middle management. And this came where, you know, we're talking to the tenants rather than imposing anything. We're asking them, what do you need? What do you need to know? And one of the top topics that came up was, uh, how do we tra- uh, attract, train, and retain middle managers? And so that's the first program that we now have launched that's being ha- uh, held virtually right now. Uh, obviously, future programs will be held in the space itself. Uh, and so, you know, we're really targeting the needs that these nonprofits identify that they are struggling with or they need more knowledge about and, and targeting that. Um, and, and so I, I think that's why I think it's going to be uh, especially effective because we're going to be directly answering those things that the nonprofits are identifying that they need assistance with. Well, Jorge, if people wanted to learn more about Del Mar Divine or find ways to get engaged, how do they check it out? Um, our brand new, uh, uh, newly designed website, Del Mar Divine, uh, all one word, dot com. Uh, you can find out about what we're doing, who the tenants are, how to volunteer, uh, of course, how to donate, <laughs> uh, and pretty much uh, any anything you want, including once we get the building up and running starting in January, we'll be giving tours uh, so that people can see uh, what we're doing and uh, and who we're doing it with. How's the prep work now? Is it is there construction going on? What's the space like right now? 
Construction is still going on, so the uh, the office spaces will all be done by December 1. Um, a portion of the shared spaces, so the con- some of the conference rooms that the uh, tenants will have access to, as well as the apartment building, that is going to be completed on April 1. Offices? activities, events, and apartments. It sounds pretty exciting. Jorge, thank you so much for joining us. It was great to check in with you. Uh, Put that hard hat back on. If you have to swing a hammer, go (laughs) swing a hammer. But uh, thanks for taking a few moments to talk with us. Hey, Michael, Travis, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And stay tuned. We have more Nothing Impossible St. Louis Innovation up next on KMOX. St. Louis Innovation with Michael and Travis. Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Right now, we're joined by Edwin Williams, the founder and CEO of Zen Hammer. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. So uh, I was looking at the website, and I was just really intrigued by the pocket office for subcontractors. First of all, tell us about Zen Hammer. What, what is it exactly? So we're developing a mobile app that allows subcontractors to be successful. And we do this by allowing them to basically run their business from their phone with a simple UI, UX, uh, that allows them to do their invoicing, scheduling, job tracking, and manage their costs all right there and communicate that information to their client. Um, So basically, we're trying to allow for the guy in the truck to be able to have a mobile office in their hand so they can do their business better. And where did the idea or the need for this come from? Uh, so Zenhammer is a pivot from a previous idea in which we were trying to create a marketplace for homeowners and contractors to find each other and handle it through escrow. Long story short, that didn't work, and we were actually about to call it quits. When the contractors in the market, well, we moved from Johnson City, Tennessee, they came to us and were like, hold on, what you were starting to build on the contractor side of the platform, we really like. Um, here's all the stuff that we're using currently. If you can take this, and build a better version of it, we will buy that from you. And so that's what caused us to do our pivot to Zenhammer, and that's how the idea came about. Well, we hear, I mean, we hear about pivots all the time in the startup community. And Edwin, it sounded like uh, you did one of the smartest things ever, which is listen to what the customers want. Talk, talk a little bit mm-hmm. more about um, you know, how you originally built the platform and the tool and how influential those, those customer, that customer feedback was on getting you to where you are today. We built it from the, after we got the feedback from the contractors. Basically, I, it was like, we're calling it quits. And they're like, no, here's the information that we want you to have. Here's the companies that we're using. And we took that information, sat down with them. And they were like, this takes too long to learn. This is too complicated. We would like these features and how we took that information. We sat down with them, came up with a a wireframe for them to look at. They liked it. And then we went forward with that idea and started just brainstorming ideas. And then um, getting the name, we did a similar thing. I was like, I'm building this platform for you. You're going to name the company for me. So we, brainstormed a bunch of names, sent it out to the local contractor community. They came back with three, top three, Zenhammer, Zen Builder, and one other. Then we're like, out of these three, which one do you want? And Zenhammer was the unanimous one that came back. So that's how we uh, came up with the name, and that's how we built the platform. Basically, it was all from the customer feedback after we were like, 
started to do our pivot where we talked to the contractors, the generals, the subs, uh, the suppliers, and the uh, realtors to just get all that information on what everybody was looking for from the subcontractors, uh, but what the subcontractors were looking for for a platform for themselves. Talk about having a sense of ownership over a product that you use and patronize. I, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are saying, hey, I got to name a startup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I actually, uh, one of the trade shows um, in Tennessee, I had a sign that was like, if you like the name, thank this guy. And I had an arrow pointing to the booth next to me because he was <laughs> one of the uh, general contractors who helped name this Zen Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Edwin, talk to us a little bit about your your Arch Grants recipient. That's exciting. Talk about that process and how you're going to use the, the proceeds to really move Zenhammer forward. So Arch Grants has been really good. Um, just a little bit of background on Arch Grants. Uh, they started in 2012. So I left St. Louis uh, end of 2013. So I did not know about Arch Grants while I was here. Um, they had just started. Um, and... The program is really, it's really going to help us. Uh, since we've been awarded the uh, grant, we've already started moving at a speed that we've never been able to move before. And the, the mentorship that they are able to provide and the help is just amazing. Um, like this has been the most support that I've gotten in my entrepreneurial journey since we started. And we're looking forward to this year, and I do think that with Arch Grants, we'll be able to do like really big things in St. Louis this year. Yeah, what was the impression you had of St. Louis and of the startup realm and, and the feasibility of building a company like this here? And then after investigating it, getting into Arch Grants, learning some more, how do you think St. Louis stacks up now in terms of startup cities? So, um, before I came, so when I first lived in St. Louis, I did not know the that there was a startup scene. And then um, I actually found out about Arch Grants from a program I did in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Atlanta is known as a startup city, and they sent Arch Grants in St. Louis my way. And so I started looking, and there was a lot that I did not know about St. Louis in terms of startup scene um, with Arch Grants, I-10, and like the entire um, community. Um, so doing my investigation, um, St. Louis being a central city in the U.S., it's a great place to build a company because you have access to all the U.S. markets and easy plane flight um, that doesn't take too long. And so doing my research, looking at it, um, St. Louis does stack up well. I do think that in the next five to ten years, you'll probably hear St. Louis being mentioned, uh, if not on par, like, it's not on par, very close to being on par with your Austin, Texas, Atlanta, maybe even uh, Silicon Valley as you start to see that migration from the West Coast into the South, Midwest, and into the Northeast. Um, but yeah, I'm actually very impressed with the St. Louis startup ecosystem. I did not know. I think St. Louis needs to advertise it more to the rest of the country because I had no idea all the resources that were here until after I applied for the Arch Grants earlier this year. Um, and then in terms of like what we plan to do in St. Louis, like we do plan to really grow um, and be a part of the community. Uh, but in every place that we've been, we've been very active in the community in terms of helping our market uh, grow 
um, helping the contractors in between um, advocating for them, um, helping them grow their businesses. And so our goal with St. Louis with Zen Hammer is once we get our product to launch, get it out to the market, help the residential construction industry here grow and the commercial construction industry grow, and then also bring on people in Zen Hammer to create jobs directly as well. Well, uh, Edwin, tell us a little bit about your background. Have you always been involved in launching a startup or interested in launching a startup? Or do you come from the construction and trade side and just thought there's got to be a better way? What's, what's your background? So my background is not in construction. <laughs> it is like went to school for biology and then mechanical engineering and then jumped into this. Actually, the, what caused me to jump into it was my mom had a bad remodel experience. Um, guy came in, gutted the bathroom, disappeared, never came back. Then we had to find another person. And that's the, what triggered me into jumping into the construction market. And I had no experience whatsoever. So um, when I came up with the original idea, I joined the um, Home Builders Association. And then that was my journey into the construction, in the, into residential, residential construction specifically. Um, and that was in 2014 that I joined the association. And then I've been active in the residential construction industry since. Well, we have a robust construction industry here in St. Louis. Just a few weeks ago, Travis, we talked with the founder and CEO of Clayco about being named one of the, or Fast Company named them the innovative construction company. And so, Edwin, if people are interested, if contractors in St. Louis are listening and they're intrigued, what do they need to know to get in touch with you or to research more about your product? Um, they can send me an email at edwin at getzenhammer.com. That's the best way to contact me. Um, and also, um, contact me through Arch Grants. Um, if they have my contact information and I will be joining the local association here soon, Home Builders Association. Um, so that would be another way, but the best way is by edwin at getzenhammer.com. Um, send me an email, and I respond actually very quickly. And the uh, the website itself is getzenhammer.com if people wanted to learn a little bit more about that. And again, uh, yeah. credit to your copywriters who, 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 who put the website together because the pocket office for subcontractors makes a whole lot of sense, and it does get my attention. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we have, we have several good taglines. We actually have, like, the good with the hammer, but bad with the paperwork. Zen Hammer for me. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, before, if like we had some time, I did want to talk more about um, Arch Grants in case some of the listeners are wondering more about that program as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. We, we often talk to you know folks like Emily Loge Bush about Arch Grants, but of course, she's highly biased because she runs Arch Grants. But we love to hear <laughs> uh, we love to hear the perspective of somebody that is participating in Arch Grants. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, what would you like uh, to share? Um, so, like, actually, one of the things I was impressed with is right, how, like, what, like, when you, for me, when I was researching the company, like, Arch Grants, uh, I, how much they have done in terms of entrepreneurship for St. Louis, I was actually really surprised by that. Like, so, like, they've spent, like, over $11 million since 2012, but it's generated, like, $479 million in revenue and $411 million in follow-up capital. And I was just like, you don't see numbers like that really in 
Eddie Field. And so that was one of the big things that I thought was like, okay, they're doing this. This program could help me make it to the next level. And, uh, and the mentorship, um, they really do work to get you the people you need in order to make your company grow. And that has actually been one of the biggest impress, uh, things that's impressed me because a lot of the other programs I've been through, they have, they do put you in contact with people. Um, but I, I haven't seen anybody move in the way the arch grants did move or has been moving since, uh, any program I've been in. So I will say it's probably one of the more impressive, most impressive programs I've been in. So, and the word of mouth is spreading. Edwin Williams, the founder and CEO of Zen Hammer, which is coming to St. Louis from Johnson City, Tennessee. Thank you so much for joining us on KMOX. Uh, thank you for having me. And stay tuned. We have more Nothing Impossible up next. St. Louis Innovation with Michael and Travis. Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome back, and we're continuing our spotlight of companies coming to St. Louis because of Arch Grants, this latest cohort. And this latest company that we're talking to is called GABA, and we're with founder and CEO, Dr. Candace Blacknell. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, before we jump in and talk about the Arch Grants process and everything, first, tell us what is GABA? Yeah, absolutely. So GABA, actually we all have it, GABA is a chemical in the brain that helps reduce anxiety and it also helps us learn. Well, GABA, the company, does very much the same thing. We are a precision learning app. We use social media data and psychometric assessments of your learning, leadership, personality, and wellness to provide you with um, career development alerts and connect you with 360 support services. So definitely taking the stress and anxiety out of being a career changer or a, a new person to your career. And where did the idea for this, or maybe the necessity for this, where did the impetus for this come from? Yeah. So I, of course, I went to medical school and getting there, I realized it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, And I started originally helping students who wanted to go into health professions and STEM fields, doing very much what GABA does, doing different assessments and opening my network to help them make those necessary connections. And we did that for about three years. We served clients all over the world, had clients in India, Kenya, um, of course, here in the United States. And then in 2019, we started thinking about how can we make this a more scalable and accessible technology. And so GABA is really the evolution of our mission-driven effort to democratize career development and diversify health and STEM fields. Well, and when you talk about it's not what you know, but who you know, uh, looking at the the platform that you're you're building, you're connecting people to the who, right? You're connecting it to sub to people to subject matter experts. How how important is it to curate the right type of experts for this? That is critical. So we go a little bit beyond the who. Uh, most students come to us and they understand the what. They know what they need to do in class. They know what classes they need to take. Um, professionals, very much the same. They kind of have an idea of what they need to have on their resume, but they really don't understand the how. So GABA helps you understand where your unique strengths are so you can understand how to build a strategy that will get you specifically there. Um, and then the next step, of course, is making those connections and building those relationships. So a lot of what we do is centered around making sure we have the right people in the community that are doing amazing things and that are also committed to help and that are also committed to helping the next generation of leaders behind them. Well, and as, as you've been building this out, I uh, 
you know, you, I, I see that you are an MD uh, with an MBA. That's a nice combination for something like this. Talk to us a little bit about your career progression, you know, moving from the medical field into, into business. Yeah. Actually, it's not, as, it's not as complicated as you may think. Um, <laughs> a lot of what I do as a business owner is, is run experiments. I'm constantly experimenting on different products, different features, What's the proper messaging? How can we really target our, our customer segment in an impactful way? So I'm constantly running experiments. So having that, that science background that comes from medicine really does give me, I think, a, a, a competitive advantage in that I, I already understand how to set up an experiment and I already understand how to measure output. So I tell people GABA is like another body that I, I occasionally have to diagnose when there are things not going as planned. Um, and I've, I've watched GABA's vital signs like I would any other patient. And so it's really about understanding how those skills from medicine translate into the business side of the world. But it actually hasn't been hard. I've, I've been really impressed and excited to know that the MD does have, is applicable to the business environment. And how's it been starting a startup in Atlanta? And then what have you heard about St. Louis? How did you get involved with Arch Grants? And, and I guess what was, your, what was your impression of St. Louis, especially before you learned more about it? Yeah. So Atlanta has, you know, a, a rich startup ecosystem. But I'm, I'm one of the firm believers that, you know, we, we don't have to have these startup hotspots. Innovation can happen anywhere around the world. So I originally heard about Arch Grants from a Future Founders fellow. We're also in Future Founders. And they, were, they told us amazing things about the initiative, um, about the ecosystem that's growing in St. Louis. I admittedly had only known about St. Louis, you know, and, and the fact that it, there's an economic recovery happening. Um, and so I'm, I, since I've been here, I've been really surprised to see how many resources there are to support founders how excited the community is to embrace innovation. So it's really been an an exciting opportunity to build relationships and use our technology to support the career development here in St. Louis. So talk a little bit about uh, what you hope to do with the technology and what this ARCH grant will uh, hopefully unlock for you, you know, allow you to do maybe more of. Yeah, absolutely. So St. Louis has a new initiative to help train health providers in particular. That's why we chose this area. Um, We use our technology to help support more doctors getting into workforce, more nurses getting into workforce, anyone within the STEM and health sector. And so we're really hoping to leverage the Arch Grant Network to make those connections. You know, St. Louis University, WashU, we're coming for you. We want to work with you, want to partner. And uh, we're really excited to work with the students and the young professionals that are that are growing here. Wouldn't be surprised, Travis, if the next time we cover the uh, BioSTL Health Innovation Summit, if GABA is there with their own booth. I would, hey, I would I, love to see it. Yeah. 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 That would be amazing. Well, uh, you know, Candace, the good news about ATL to STL is uh, the A and the S are right next to each other on the keyboard, so it's not too much of a shift. Um, are you packed? Exactly. Right, have you moved here yet? Has yeah. the company relocated yes. some of the team here? Yeah, I am here. I, I came, Actually, I was living in Costa Rica before I came to St. Louis, so it was a little bit of a weather shift, too. But <laughs> we'll get through it. Um, so, yeah, I am in St. Louis. Uh, I got here October 1st, and, you know, I'm, I'm 
working in St. STL Fusion, the co-working space downtown. Pretty awesome space. And yeah, I'm excited to see what the future holds. As we wrap up with uh, Dr. Candice Blacknell uh, with GABA, how do people get in touch with you? Or what, what's the website for GABA? Yeah, you can find us at gogaba.co. And if you're looking for us on social, it's the same thing, just no dot. So at gogaba.co. Find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. We're out there and we want to talk to you. So definitely, definitely reach out. Go Gabba Co. All right. Well, Dr. Uh, Candace Blacknell with uh, Go Gabba Co., also just known as Gabba, the CEO and founder. Thank you so much. And thanks for uh, making the move from the ATL to the STL. Best of luck to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much. Y'all have an awesome day. And thank you for joining us for this edition of Nothing Impossible. We'll be back next week to talk to more innovators talking about what's now and what's next. And download the podcast on the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.